Lights. Camera. This is absolute fucking shit. I'm sorry. I don't want to deal with this right now. This Wait, is bullshit. What? Like, no, 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 no. You listen to me, okay? I need something that has a story. I need something that actually makes sense. I don't want to hear it. Uh, you can't because this is time for Popcorn Sexy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on yeah, Popcorn sexy with cinemagic. Gonna popcorn get popcorn sexy with cinemagic. It ain't gonna be tragic. It ain't gonna be bad. It ain't gonna be sad. It's popcorn sexy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a popcorn sexy. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. Oh, sorry. We're back at another episode of Cinemagic with your host, Jonathan Gondois, and the best co-host I could ever ask for, Rick Acevedo. Thank Say hi, sir. Rick. Thank you. Hello. Uh, as last week, we're trying to figure out what slashers we could beat. This week, we're going to look over our popcorn sexy movies. Again, a term coined by Rick, which I love, which goes over those movies that aren't bad, i.e. Slenderman bad but uh, aren't necessarily good, <laughs> i.e. Shining, right? So these are the movies in the middle that are kind of, it's a good time to get popcorn sexy, right? Uh, this week, we're going to look at horror movies, though, because it is October. So we're going to be looking at horror movies and popcorn that are popcorn sexy. Um, so, Rick, do you like popcorn sexy movies? Are you a popcorn sexy movie aficionado? Um, I am a popcorn sexy fan because I think... You know, popcorn sexy. You know, it's like when you, you know, when you're when you're with your girl and you put your arm around her and you're feeding her that. What? Sorry, uh, the popcorn. <laughs> damn it! What is everybody got? Man, fucking people. <laughs> oh, you mean when they reach the end of the popcorn and they grab something, right? In the right? Po- yeah, and it's just kernels, and it's, 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 then you know you got to get more. Right. I wasn't gonna sing. Yeah. Put my dick in a box. Yeah, um, no, not I at all. I never do that. <laughs> Of course, I'm talking about kernels at the end. We're talking about kernels, you know, kernels. Yeah. That's the best part of of it. No, I think popcorn sexy movies are great because it's, all jokes aside, you know, whether you're you're with, you know, your significant other or or with friends or, you know, just a big group and you're wanting to do something fun, what's more fun than sitting in front of something that's just absolutely terrible and asinine and makes no damn sense and, you know... Just being able to pick it apart. But it's still entertaining. But it's entertaining precisely because yeah. it gives you the opportunity to cut it apart. Yeah. Which uh, I love. And, and, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it in this podcast several times that I am a big fan of popcorn sexy movies. Uh, if, if you're watching this, you're going to see uh, one that I wouldn't consider, but I love, especially during Halloween, watching all kind of B movies of Halloween. So, uh, Rick on his background got Gingerbread Man, which I've seen all, all like, there's been so many Gingerbread Man, but I've seen <laughs> the Gingerbread movies to the Evil Bong to Tales from the Hood and uh, the rest. Uh, so, I, I I really love these movies because yes, mm-hmm. I do love great horror movies. So I mentioned The Shining earlier. I mentioned even the new It's, um, like even the classics as we talked about a lot of the classics last week. From Nightmare on Elm Street to the first Chucky, you have classic, really good horror, uh, horror movies, and they're great. Uh, but popcorn sexy movies are equally, equally just as fun. Everything mm. doesn't need to be a masterpiece. Sometimes no. things should just be fun and entertaining. And I like fun and entertaining. Movies. That is. Uh, mm, me too. I, I love movies I don't have to think about too hard too. I like sometimes when you're just like, I had a hard day. I don't. I just want to watch something, especially during like scary movies where the characters are all stock. Right, like, the, like you get it. That's the dumb bimbo. That's the jock. That's yeah. the like. You don't need anything greater. And you go in. They're gonna do some scary stuff, slash or something else, and get out. In and out. Easy done breezy. And, done under and done, ninety yeah. minutes. And, <laughs> and we get to have some fun. It's for the kills. It's for the laughs. It's more than just like, you know what I mean. It, it's more than we're trying to be high art. We're just trying to be entertaining. And we're in an industry where entertainment is the goal like i i'm not saying it's not art i'm not saying that movies are not art or film is not art 
But one of the goals of film is to entertain. That's, that's just one of the goals. You have to be entertaining. And so everything doesn't need to be high art. Some things can just be entertaining. And so I love popcorn sexy Halloween movies, man. Yeah, They're absolutely. I love, I love popcorn sexy. And I think that, look, at the end of the day, um, everything has its place. And like Jonathan said, it doesn't have to always be high art. And you have to understand that entertainment is entertainment. While there is an art form to how to create a film and everything, and obviously what determines your amount of success is, the, is how you apply that, that art form, there's also that sort of other end of the spectrum situation where it's like, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, and I'm going to say that just to give an example, and I think we talked about this on our first uh, Cinemagic October horror one, Leprechaun. I think Leprechaun encompasses a popcorn sexy movie very well. If there ever especially was one, yeah. Do, yeah, especially talking about Halloween. The premise is hilarious. It's literally about a leprechaun, right? <laughs> you stole Leprechaun's gold, and now he's trying to get it back. And he does hilarious things in order to get back that gold. And really, he's not an intimidating villain. Like, that's why he's not even on my list. He's not from last week, because he's not an intimidating villain, but he's funny. The movie's fun and entertaining. Got some scares, some good kills. Uh, and that's about it. It's a good popcorn sex day movie. I'd watch it, have some fun with it, but I wouldn't consider it a Halloween classic or a scary, the scariest of movies. But I do think it's well done, entertaining. Jennifer Aniston's great in it. Warren Davick does a great job as a leprechaun. Uh, it, it functions so well as a film. Uh, even though its quality is a popcorn sexy movie. I mean, I would say my first popcorn sexy movie at the top of my list, and I know we've talked about this, and, and this is really a great example of one, would have to be The Blair Witch Project. And here's the reason why. I have that on my list, too. <laughs> I love that you have that on your list. Keep talking. I yeah. just have that on my I, list. So. I, I think The Blair Witch Project... Um, okay, so if you... I watched that when it first came out in theaters, Okay. And it was scary when it first came out in theaters. That first initial blow. But once you realize these are actors and not very good ones at that and stuff like that. And, and you realize what it was... Like, you can actually look back on it and laugh at almost every scene. Especially when the girl is um, doing her monologue like... Hey, you know what I say? I'm sorry. Uh, and the and the boogers are like coming out of her nose, and you're like, I can't believe I thought that was scary at any point in my life. Now that's the kind of popcorn sexy movie you want to watch on a rainy night, while you know, you know, having a group of friends around or with your significant other or what have you, because it's funny. It's funny that you would ever have thought that that was actually <laughs> scary in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? So, I, for me, that's like at the very peak of popcorn sexy. Because the fact of the matter is that there was not really anything good about the Blair Witch Project. It was well marketed. It wasn't particularly creative. And it wasn't great. I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but the facts are the facts. I agree with you. I understand why I got the places. So it's one of the first found footage horror movies. The marketing around it was genius. Like brilliant, I, I get, brilliant. I get why it's big. Um, for those that you don't know, the Blair Witch Project is just about a group of kids out in the woods trying to find the Blair Witch. Some things happen, not really like spooky things off on the side, and then they all kind of die at the end. That's that's the Blair Witch. Spoiler alert. The movie's like over 20 years old, right? Uh, it's a spoiler alert on that one. It came out in 99, 98. It's, it's, it's... 24 it's years old. Movie. No, 22 years old. Yeah, 22. Yeah, I was like, it's been, it's, it's an old movie. Um, but I agree with you. I did not see The Blair Witch in theaters. I actually missed it in theaters. But everyone told me it was like the scariest movie of all time. And so once it came out at Blockbuster, yes, I'm dating myself. I got <laughs> it the first night on Blockbuster when it came out. Uh, I rented it. Uh, I watched it home alone on a rainy night, so it was like perfect scary movie time. And I literally fell asleep and I was bored to tears. I was like, this movie is not interesting it, it, at it, all. To me, it wasn't. But then I saw it with a group of people, I'm going to say like a group of friends, and we actually had a really good time watching it. 
joking, going jump scares and other things. So I think the initial phase was like real scary, but when you watch it again, it really does not hold up. I agree with you. I don't think no. it holds up. I think it's very boring. It doesn't hold up. But no. if you watch it with a group of people and friends, especially someone who gets scared easily, I think you'd have a lot more fun with it. I think it's a good group activity and fun. Uh, I don't think it's the best to just, I don't know. I don't think it's a really good scary movie on its own. But I do think with people, it becomes a better movie to watch. Um, and especially for younger people out there who grew up with found footage movies, because for us, right, that's like the first found footage movie. But nowadays, they're a dime a dozen. Like, everybody does it. There's nothing, you know, the genre is saturated. Um, uh, uh, so Blair Witch may not hold that same nostalgia factor or effect for them. So it may be boring. I say watch it with a group of people. Go in knowing you can talk through it and not miss much, and I think yeah. you'll have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely, I, I I couldn't agree really, or or add any more to that because honestly, it it just. <coughs> oh, oh, Blair Witch is getting him. Blair Sorry. Witch is getting him. <coughs> oh no! Is the curse of Ellie Kettler. Sorry, that's a callback to Blair Witch Book of Shadows. Um, uh. Which is another popcorn sexy movie. Is which incredibly. honestly is another popcorn sexy movie. They try to take the Blair Witch in the second one <sighs> and make it a storyline, give it more characters, and it doesn't turn out good. It is not. It doesn't turn out good. Um, it's probably worse than the original. I would say for so, different yeah. reasons, for vastly different reasons. But I think it's a fun double feature to watch. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's a dumb, It's a great double feature to see how found footage is and how traditional horror movies are because the second one's traditional the first one's found and you just see how they kind of which also really it. makes no sense because it deviated from the original story to begin <coughs> to begin with and it's like is this a prequel or is this a sequel what the hell is this yeah it's 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 hilariously <coughs> bad but i think it's a good popcorn sexy movie because it is hilariously bad yeah and it has my main dude from bird notice in there uh so you know i think i think it's a good time it's another popcorn sexy movie uh it's a good time to watch them back to back i think that you have a lot of fun but don't go in expecting the greatest acting don't go in expecting the most scares i would not say that of either um just go in knowing that you can have a good group a, a good group time together <coughs> you have to say watch it with people don't watch it alone yeah i agree have some fun. All right, what's um, next on our list, Joan? So, here's another one that I think um, is an oldie, but a goodie on this one. I don't mean that old, but if you're a person out there who's ever had teachers and you've ever wanted to punch your teacher in the face, you should go and watch The Faculty. It is an old 90s movie, has John Stewart himself, Josh Hartnett, and it's about a bunch of aliens who kind of take over a town and teachers, the faculty themselves. So a group of teenagers got to kind of stop an alien invasion from their teacher. Um, I think it's a fun, good time uh, to have uh, for the faculty. I think it got some good jokes. It, it has your typical horror movie setup, but it also has a good joke, jokey vibe to it. And I don't think it's one that's too scary. It's not too gory. You'll have a good fun time with it, and you're actually gonna not want to refill your popcorn when watching it. My, <clears throat> I'm sorry. My did next... you watch the faculty? I did not. Wait. Oh, it is. Wait a second. Yes, I did. Long ago. I remember. Yes, yes. It came out in the 90s. So it is a kind of oldie, but it came out in the 90s. But John Stewart, it's like John Stewart's one horror movie. Way before yeah. he did The Daily Show. So, so one, the one film that I would say is super popcorn sexy is, for me, I want to say 13 Ghosts. And here's the reason why I have 13 Ghosts on my list. Okay. Is it Tony Chaloub? No, I mean, I love Tony He can do no wrong in my book. I love that guy. Um, it's He plays, to give you a little background, or, or those of you listening in a, a little background on the film, he plays this uh, widowing father who uh, has a, an eccentric rich uncle that leaves him a glass house. Problem with this glass house, it's, it's haunted by these ghosts, all of which are just repugnant looking ghosts um and you can't see them unless you actually uh wear these special glasses um their guide in the house is um 
messed up dude by the name. It's, it's played. I forget what the name he, he had in the film was, but it's played by um, Matthew Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah, Shaggy. <clears throat> yeah. From Ruby Doo Doo. And you know, it's really all about just getting through a night in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Classic setup, haunted house. Classic setup, haunted house. The uncle's really actually alive, and it, it's just they had some kind of like nefarious plan. Um, of course, you know what's away. Yeah, you know what's going to happen kidding, to the I'm uncle. Kidding. He's going to get killed at some point because he's an asshole. Um, and Tony Shayub and his kids are going to make it out alive because you know the power of love. And I think at some point he sees his wife's ghost, right? You know. Yes, and, his uh, wife is one of the ghosts trapped. She's one yeah. of the 13 ghosts. And then, um, you know, they leave. And that's it. And they leave a, a better family for it. it it's what, what was good about it is that everyone that needed to die in that film died a horrible death. Um, <laughs> the people that you were rooting for uh, were happy and, 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 and survived at the end. And, um, and that was pretty much it. It's not an overthinker. It is, it, it is interesting looking. I think it was ahead of its time. Oh, yes. I think the visual design of 13 Coast, the way that amazing. house is designed is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And for all of you that don't haven't seen it, it's like a house of mirrors. Like, literally, it's all glass. The house it's all glass, all yeah. Glass. That's what I like about um, it. And the doors rotate, but they have sigils and, like, runic designs everywhere. Yeah. And it's very, like, modern gold. It's like glass mixed with gold. The design of the house itself is just fantastic. I think the premise is really cool on what happens. And Rick did do a general overview, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't give too much more because we want you to definitely see that. Uh, I, I agree. I think 13 Ghosts is a perfect popcorn movie, popcorn sexy movie. Um, the design is it's so cool to look at. The actors are actually doing a really great job from Tony Shalhoub, Matthew Litter, to even Kelly Rowland, right? Kelly Rowland, Kelly? yeah, I believe uh, so. Kelly Rowland in it. Um, uh, all the actors are actually doing a really good job. This is one of those that I don't think gets enough, enough love. And I get why. It is kind of corny and predictable. Yeah. Um, you, you see the twist coming. That's why it's a popcorn sexy movie. But it's, I, it is a good time. The ghost designs are actually kind of scary. The kills are kind of cool in that. Um, and I like I said, the design of the house is so innovative. And I agree with you ahead of its time. But I haven't seen a, a haunted house design like that since 13 Ghosts. I think no. that's really one of the most original. I, I think that as far as, as design, like production design and everything goes, and, and artist, I mean, it was obviously a well-made film from a visual perspective. But like John said, it's it's really the story that is predictable. But I think there's nothing wrong with having a predictable story if it's going to be an enjoyable one at the end of it. Having a, it and, and and convince me if I'm wrong, or uh, you know, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Was it part of it, and I don't remember this because I've seen it in home movies so much that I do not remember its theatrical mm-hmm. run. Was it tied in with those, like, the era of 3D? So when they were putting on the glasses for the ghost, you were supposed to put on 3D glasses? Because there was a bunch so. of movies that did that I believe, that time. I believe they did that, but I... Like, I'll have to do I some remember. research. I, I'll, I'll have to do some research on that. I believe they did, but, you know, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think because that's there were, yeah. probably why people don't... Because it is very cheesy. It's like, it, is, it is kind of cheesy. It's like they live in that regard. Yeah. So. Which they live is, like, is a great movie, too. That's a, Popcorn <laughs> Sexy as well. That is a popcorn sexy movie. We, we it's, I don't think it's on either one of our lists, but They Live is a good popcorn sexy movie. Yeah. Uh, 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 Roddy Roddy Piper there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and... Uh, they live as about another aliens that are coming in, and you can only see them through gl- special glasses, right? Yeah, it was special glasses, yeah, and it's like they, they were dressed as normal people, so, you know, it's uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David, and they're supposed to basically just, uh, you know, uh, expose these aliens. Uh, that really produced the most famous line, I think, in all of uh, horror history, which I... If I, let me, I don't want to do it any injustice, but it's, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What, what kind is, of badass are you to say something like that in a bank? <laughs> yep, that is, that is right. 
Uh, they live is a great one. The design and they live and the premise is fun too, man. Uh, if you, uh, they live is obviously an older movie, uh, but if you haven't seen it, see it. They live is great. That's a great popcorn. Yeah. Classic. I'm sad I didn't put that on my list. I didn't even think about it, but that is a great classic. Like it is. I have a lot much. of I have a lot of oldies in my list, to be honest. <laughs> well, for me, I I can't have this list without having a John Carpenter movie in it. So I'm gonna pick because John Carpenter. Famously for Halloween, everybody knows him for that one. Uh, but he's made nothing but horror films. Um, but they, leave, they Live was one of his, was it not? I don't think so. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, yeah, no, They Live was a, a, a Carpenter film, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? Huh. Let, me, let me look it up. Hold on. Well, but Carpenter, to me, makes a lot of, why we're yeah. looking up, a lot of great movies. Um, and so, but a lot of them haven't read Mass, mass Appeal like Halloween, though. So a lot of them end up popcorn sexy movies. And I'm going to bring one of my favorite ones, In the Mouth of Madness, mm. which, um, you know, I think is great. Um, it stars uh, Sam Nielsen? Neil? Neil? Sam Neil. Neil? Sam Neil. Yeah, Sam Neil. Uh, Jurassic Park fame. Uh, Sam Neil in there. Uh, and it basically is like John Carpenter's, he, his hatred, it's kind of his hatred of horror movies and what horror movies done in the forefront by subverting the genre and working with, like, Lovecraftian elven horror. So it's really about this agent who gets tasked with finding um, this book author named Sutter Kane, who's supposed to be bigger than Stephen King, who writes these, uh, who writes all these horror stories about a main town like Stephen King, literally. So you can think that. Uh, and he has to go and find him in that town, and all the stories come to life. <laughs> so you know, it's that story. Uh, I think Goosebumps did it. Literally, Goosebumps kind of redid it in a comedic way, uh, if you think about it with Jack Black. But they're really riffing on In the Mouth of Madness. I really like In the Mouth of Madness for this one. I think it has the it's, it's, it has some cool gore. It's not gory, but it's gore effects like are pointed. It's made for the reason when they do it. Um, some crazy makeup effects, but the story itself trying to go into what madness is I, I think it's such a great uh, a, a great time. And it's really good to watch with people because you can guess what's happening or not happening, uh, what's real or not real. Sam Neill is always a great actor, so it's great to watch it, and he really sells yeah. the movie. John Carpenter knows how to make a movie, uh, so the atmosphere and his directing is tight in this one, and so is the music that he does. So I really think that In the Mouth of Madness is such a great popcorn movie that tends to get um, underrated or... Um, uh, yeah, it's underrated, and people really don't know it. But it's a it's a great movie. Uh, take a time to watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, it's uh, one man's descent into madness. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. Nice. So, it's great. so for my next entries on the list, these are tied um, for this specific place because they are basically about the same thing. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned them, and we mentioned the, the, the one and the two, which were great. But, you know, you want to talk popcorn sexy, you got to talk three and four. And I'm talking about Jaws 3D and Jaws <laughs> for the Revenge. Um, so Jaws 3D was actually shot, I think part of it was shot here in uh, like Cypress Gardens. The old Cypress Gardens theme park in Florida. And essentially, they're like Brody's kids, his older kids, are working at a theme park and, you know, killer shark. Oh! And I believe that's when, again, you'd have 3D, but 3D was the red and the, <laughs> the red and the blue glasses that were plastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, 3D. Yeah, and, like, everything was so cartoony and so, um, I, I mean... It was just one bad cliche after the other. And, I mean, you had some great actors in there, like uh, Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr. You had um, Simon McQuirkendale, who had done, uh, I think, Man Beast or something like that on, on NBC or whatever. I mean, these were, these were well-trained actors that knew what, what it was they were doing, but what they were working with was absolutely horrible. So, if you have those old-type 3D glasses <laughs> and a VHS and you want to watch that... That is the kind of thing that's ultra popcorn sexy. Was that the one where Michael Caine? Was no, that shooting? was the Revenge. That was that the was revenge. the Revenge. That yeah. was number four, which where they he didn't bring go it to the Oscars because he was too busy shooting that one. Yeah, they didn't. They brought 
what what happened was they brought back the storyline of the Brody family versus the char- the shark, and they talked about how Brody had died at this point. I think it was of cancer or whatever. Um, that's the excuse that they gave when they couldn't bring back Roy Scheider. Um, and then one of Brody's kids, who's a who's a you know a sheriff or whatever, is is killed by the shark, who's coming back directly for the family because apparently sharks have the ability to sit in their shark apartments and mm-hmm. plot revenge against specific people. This is this is really what I got out of this. And it um, waited too. They and he waited, and he went. He followed them all the way to the Bahamas. Apparently, like he went from mm-hmm. from where they were, which I believe was in New England, right? Like their town yes. was in New England, yep. to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it had, the movie had Mario Van Peebles on it, doing a terrible, I believe, Jamaican accent, which I was like, dude, Mario, you know better than that, man. That, that that's a terrible <laughs> accent. You know it, um, and. I mean, the scenery was amazing for the film, and you know, you kind of give you give a little bit of, jo- of love because it's Jaws, but at the same time, it is so freaking bad. That's why it's good because it's so freaking bad. It is just terrible. There's yeah. nothing redeeming about that film except for the scenery. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Personally, for me, I wouldn't call it popcorn sexy because it is bad. Uh, <laughs> but you can have fun watching it, though. That's the thing with with for me. It's like I gotta be able I don't to have know if fun. It's so bad, it's good. I feel like that was just bad. It's <laughs> Slenderman bad. Which uh, for everyone to know, Slenderman is my most hated horror movie, probably modern horror movie. Uh, I think it's literally the worst movie. Yeah, I literally think it's one of the worst horror movies. I think mm-hmm. Bye Bye Man and all these other like new horror movies that came out that are, are equally terrible are ten times better than Slender Man. So if I say I think something is bad as Slender Man, I mean it's bad. It is. It is bad. It is, it is terribly bad. Um, Slender Man is just gla- laugh out loud funny on how not scary it is and how the scenery sucks and how the acting sucks and how the characters suck. And I feel like that jo- Revenge of Jaws level, this whole thing sucks. <laughs> like, right, like, if I remember correctly, uh, I feel like this all sucks. I, I feel like Jaws all sucks. So uh, I'm going to let you have it, but I'm going to say don't watch it, people. It's, it's terrible. It is literally terrible. Come on, man. Dun, dun. Come on, John. Dun, dun. Dun, watch dun. any the Revenge of Jaws. The Bahamas one is where it literally jumps the shark at. It. Yeah, it, that, everyone out there was laughing. They didn't. They didn't just jump the shark on them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, that was revenge. Terrible, terrible. I don't actually don't even want to hear about it anymore. I'm cutting you off because I don't want to hear about that movie anymore. So, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut myself uh, off. Don't worry, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give us a Clive Barker movie because I know we ended with a little bit of Pinhead last week. Well, no, mm. Chucky, but Pinhead was there. But I'm not going to choose any of the Hellraiser movies because uh, I, I actually enjoy all of them. Instead, I'm going to pick one that I don't think people talk about enough, but it stars our man from Quantum Leap. That's right. That's Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. So this oh, is one. Yes. Clive Barker's Lord mm-hmm. of Illusions is a popcorn sexy movie, especially the director's cut. Please get the director's cut of it. It has so much more, and it's so great in there. But it's basically about a guy... Uh, 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 who's trying to the journalist trying to undercover whether this magician is real or not this mm. illusionist and magician with magic or not and spoiler alert it may be real uh, and all these things are with it so it kind of has like this idea with cults, magic being real uh, 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 this little wishmaster thing going on too even though it's not wishmaster those movies uh, I think it just has it has so many get different um uh, modes of horror genre that it's going for and I think it actually nails every single one of them the pacing could be kind of slow but I think it's fun it also mm. has sexy times in the movie <laughs> you know you can't be a popcorn sexy movie without sexy times uh, so I, I really think uh, and as Clive Barker's imagination that kind of comes up with it as well yeah. so I, I really do like Lord of Illusions if you haven't seen it director's cut in the states I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime but um and other places it can be hard to find because it is one that just goes under the radar uh but it's such a good popcorn sexy movie i i, I love lord of illusions i'm i'm talking myself into re-watching it probably <clears> today 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. I've watched that movie, I think, once every couple of years I watch that movie, at least. Uh, it, it is one of my favorites. Um, one of the ones that I would have to say I love to watch, but I think it's awful. And there was... This is one of those films, and for those of you that aren't aware of this, like, several films were made in the 90s and, and into the 2000s. That, Which are perfect popcorn sexy times. Yeah. Like, for some reason, those are, like, perfect popcorn sexy times. Absolutely, but, you know, and John, I don't know if you... Well, you, you know, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, and, and, and I think you could probably point to a few of them yourself, um, that were based on early 70s, primarily British films, like Tales from the Crypt, which spawned the series, um, you know, uh, uh, Wicker Tales Man. Tales from the Crypt? Tales from the Crypt, by the way, is the original popcorn sexy t horror TV show. Yeah. That show is literally was popcorn sexy. That's why I had mass appeal amongst everybody because of its popcorn yeah, sexy. Yeah, it was 100% popcorn sexy, but, you know, it was primarily spawned by a film where the Crypt Keeper wasn't actually who we remember. It was actually a, a guy with a, with a cloak. Um, yeah, and, based on like the yeah. DC comic version of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, and... Um, so this, what I'm talking about is, what's the name of it? Um, the Wicker Man. Uh, Nick Cage or the Seven? I like, for popcorn, I think that the Seventies actually had, um, had something to it, <laughs> you know. And but it was a better, it was a better told story. I think that the one with Nicolas Cage really is the one that's the popcorn sexy one, because that it's is. overacted. I mean, goddamn, that was overacted. Is, Which I think is the Wicker Man. Like that's the line that always got me. It's like the Wicker Man. I was like, this woman going crazy saying the Wicker Man. I was like, oh god. I think you could put any Nick Cage movie that any horror movie for this since we're focusing on horror movies. Uh-huh. Any Nick Cage horror movie belongs in this popcorn sexy category. Absolutely. I, I I don't disagree with you at all. Like ever. Yeah, yeah. No, like The Wicker Man, perfect popcorn sexy. Um well, I'm forgetting the one he did, the first one he did when he thought he was a vampire. Um Which one's that? Uh, it's one of his very first movies. Um, it is so good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up now. Uh, it's it's he thought um, vampires kiss. That's what it's called. Vampires oh kiss. God, yes. It's the one where he thinks he's he's playing like this, like um, slive, like I, I, if I remember correctly, I don't remember, but Wall Street type guy. Let's just say something like that, right? No, book publisher. He's like a book mm-hmm. publisher yeah, editor. That's what it is. Uh, and he thinks that he gets he thinks that he got bitten by a vampire and he's slowly turning into a vampire and so he acts it out with all the nick cage isms you could think of but he's not really a vampire so he's a dude who thinks he's turning into a vampire yeah just a regular guy who thinks that so he's kind of descending into madness and he tries to do all the vampire things including drinking blood getting fake fangs and he goes insane it is such a fun movie to watch um it is not a good movie, but it's a great movie because of Nicolas Cage. Uh, Nicolas Cage makes that movie through his performance. <laughs> uh, he does. And that goes with Mom and Dad to Willy's Wonderland to every single Nick Cage horror movie belongs on this list of popcorn sexy. Including, lim- you know, including but not limited to also both his incarnations as Ghost Rider. <laughs> yes, those, yes. Those were horrific. Yes. Drive is it Drive Me to Hell, the one where he plays like a driver who escapes from hell. That is not Ghost Rider. This is no I don't King. remember that. Not Ghost Rider, but he plays like a fast car driver or criminal who escapes from hell and is trying to outrun the devil. It sounds a lot like Ghost Rider, but it's not Ghost Rider. I, it's, still Nick it's new to me, bro. I don't know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's. Uh, I'm gonna get the name of it, but I've also watched that one, and it's also Drive Angry. That's what it's uh, okay. called. Okay. Drive Angry. Um, yes, he returns from hell after ten years to save his granddaughter. He steals Satan's personal gun, the God Killer. Like literally, it sounds a lot like Ghost Rider, but it's not Ghost Rider. 
And he just did another one of those. No, so it's, it's I guess sounds... he really likes playing a demon from hell. I just really guess that's Nick Cage's thing. I, um, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, you're right. It's a, good, <laughs> it's a good thing that the Superman was never released with him. So, yeah. So, uh, thank you, Rick, for every single Nick Cage horror movie. Because they all belong on popcorn. <laughs> the Wicker Man! The bees! Uh, and if you've seen The Wicker Man with Nick Cage and you don't remember the bee line, it's because it's on the director's cut version of it, uh, where he says the bees, and it's still a famous line, because watching the director's cut makes it even more, like, hilarious. Uh, uh. Um, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, the Wicker Man with Nick Cage is great. It's a popcorn sexy movie. Yeah, all it time. is. It is, absolutely. Yeah, but again, watch any of them. Watch any of them. Watch any of them. They're yeah. all popcorn sexy. Uh, thanks, Rick. I love that. I love that, because I didn't even think about that. Um, I do want to put some anthologies on here. If you see right. my background, I have Tales from the Hood 3, which is actually a popcorn sexy movie. Tales from the Hood 1 is a popcorn sexy movie. Tales from the Hood 3 is a popcorn sexy movie. Tales from the Hood 2 is in the category of Revenge of Jaws for me. It's a don't watch, but watch 1 and 3. Uh, and I'm putting these anthology movies, Tales from the Hood 3, I'm going to lump it in with VHS 1, 2, and 3, because the third one just released as well. All of these anthology, like the ABCs of Death, all these anthology horror movies, I say watch almost all of them. From Halloween Stories, Trick or Treat, Tales in the Hood 3, watch them. I really love anthology horror films. I, I'm a fan of them because I feel like you, in your 90 minutes, you get a bunch of stories. And let's be honest, a lot of these horror movies that we're even talking about could be done in 15, 20 minutes, right? Because yeah, uh, the premises 100%. are basically stock the characters are basically stock, and horror anthologies allow you to get to the action quickly. And I love that. <laughs> Here's our premise. Here it is. I can tell you six horror stories and the time you're watching a podcast, right? You're listening to us, and you get all the different types. So if you like ghost stories, you'll get one. You like monster story, you'll get one. You, you know, you like uh, slasher, you'll get one. So you kind of get everything in one film. So, uh, and so I think they're all such a great time. None of them, besides Trick or Treat, to me, really stand up as a classic. But all of them are really fun to watch, especially with a group for VHSs, for your Tales from the Hood, for any of your anthologies. Because I think there's something in there for everyone. No matter what type of horror someone likes, an anthology film will usually have one of it, right? So everyone gets to have a popcorn sexy time. So, um, so if you haven't seen Tales from the Hood, watch the original one. Of course, it's a riff of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, so I just want to say that, but I, I still like them. VHS, they just dropped the third one on Shudder. Uh, so watch the third one if you've already seen the other two. Um, but watch any any anthology film from, from that one, Halloween, Stories, Trick or Treat. Please watch them. They're great. Yeah. Uh, they give you a good time. Do you have a favorite anthology film out there, Rick? Uh... Did you like from Halloween? You're gonna say Tales from the Crypt, the '70s one, because that is a horror film. Yeah, think? I mean that. I mean that would definitely have to be one. The mm -hmm. the the Tales from the Crypt one, and then yeah, I'm just gonna go with Tales from the Crypt because otherwise I'd be picking the obvious, and you know, there's a lot of, of films that are really good up through the like first three or four incarnations. So you know, a lot you know with these films, a lot of the time, what happens is they'll release four or five additional ones in the franchise like for example halloween halloween one and two were great but then they released like five six like seven eight like nine more films after that that were a hundred percent popcorn sexy so you could technically say halloween's three through like nine i have number three on my list for halloween for popcorn sexy <laughs> the season of the witch and the reason i, I i'm gonna say this is because I like the fact that they actually try to go away from Michael Myers and make a oh Halloween. What the original plan, just in case if everybody doesn't know it, is that John Carpenter and them wanted only technically one to be about Michael Myers. The studio pressured them for two, which they did one and two. But then they wanted the third one and on for each one to be about something different, but something scary, but something different. They wanted Michael Myers to be done. So season of the witch. Of course, famously does not feature Michael Myers. That wasn't supposed to. And number four was supposed to be something different, like, you know, vampires or something on and on and on. No. But number three did really, really bad. So they went right back to Michael Myers. It was Michael Myers and on for the best of Halloween uh, movies. 
But I really like uh, Season of the Witch because it is just different. It is really different from all the other movies, especially of that era. Especially when you think Halloween is the prototype for the slasher film. And so Season of the Witch is trying to do something completely different from what every horror movie is in its era. Um, And I enjoy the crap out of it for it. It has really interesting... um, really interesting ideas it doesn't execute them the best but the ideas are very interesting and so mm. i say it's a i think it's a good time it's a good idea <laughs> about tvs taking over people and halloween masks and all those other crazy things that are happening I, it, it's it's swinging for the fences and whether it hits a home run or a foul ball that's up for you to decide but i think that's perfect popcorn movie territory <laughs> when you're swinging for the fences when you're swinging uh, for the fences and then you miss the fences and you hit like somebody behind you with the baseball bat accidentally. You know? <laughs> yep, Man. Yep. Uh, um, you know, I, I, one for me that really stands out, we've, we've spoken about this before in previous podcasts, fairly limited though, would have to be Devil's Reign 1975 directed by Robert Fiest. Um, here's why I love this film and why it's so terrible. Um, uh, you got a massive cast here. You got Tom Skerritt, William Shatner, uh, young John Travolta. You've got, you know, uh, Ernest Borgnine, who plays the devil himself. And it's just about this town, this town, um, basically all of them becoming zombies at some point or another that work for the devil. And the acting on it is cheesy the premise is cheesy it's not something that you haven't seen before and it's just one of those things that when you see the when you see the the spots with the makeup and people like all of a sudden looking like uh, you know devil goats and all this other stuff i mean it, it's crazy terrible but funny and it, it to me i find it funny honestly there's nothing scary to me about it Nope. I get it. I get it. It's like my next pick, Final Destination. All oh of them. my god! Yeah, I, all of them. Yeah, I'm lumping them together, all of them, because they all serve the exact same purpose. Cease of fun kills. That's really it. Like Final Destinations are not scary. Ha, Tony Todd's in my background. Tony Todd is also in uh, Final Destination. Seeing Toastmaster three. Uh, you know, I got. It. They got stuff. Uh, you can see yeah, there's a thing that I like. But all the Final Destination movies, like I said, uh, they're fun. It's it's more to see the deaths in Final Destination than anything else. It's the creative death scene, always in the beginning, how they're going to have the creative death and then how they're going to make the individual deaths after the big death set piece. That's what it is. It's such a morbid, like, who can make the coolest death the Final, <laughs> the Final Destination franchise is. First one is cool death on a plane. Then the second one is cool death on, on, on like traffic accident. Third one is the amusement park, or and the fourth one's NASCAR. The fifth one's a bus on a bridge. Like they all go insane. They're just like these like <laughs> awesome things of like how they could do that. And then basically the rest of the film is death. Ruth Goldberging like making all these elaborate set pieces to kill someone in the most elaborate, craziest ways that you could ever think of. And it is hilarious. Final Destination movies are a good time. Alcohol required, or no alcohol required, uh, stealing from someone else a little. And I know people get that reference out there in the YouTubes. Um, but <laughs> I'm shaking a joke. So it's a good popcorn sexy time. It's just such a great popcorn sexy time. I love them. Uh, they're just really crazy set pieces over and over again. Don't accept the best acting. Don't accept the guest story. None of it makes sense, but that's not what you're there for. You're there for a popcorn sexy time to see some kills and have some laughs. Final destinations. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I'm in total agreement with you. You get no arguments from me there, good sir. I think for mine, for my last pick, yeah, I would have to say, I would have to say, hands down, and we mentioned this very briefly last week in our in our um, thing about slashers. Um, Jason X. You know what's funny? 
I also have a Jason film, not Jason X. I have Freddy versus Jason as the last one. Which, my God, that's, that's those are the two films that you have to watch like as a as a back to back. I agree with you, but I went with Freddy versus Jason instead. I'll let you. No, no, I, I I agree with yours too. I think that the reason why I probably why I'm picking Jason X is <laughs> because. This is not the film, really, that you would actually be listening to the dialogue or even looking at the action. Um, this is the film where you're looking at it with your friends, having a drink, and it's almost like riff tracks. You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're coming up with your own shit at, for, at that point. And then, for me, I always like to tell a story of, I can imagine what the pitch meeting was like. And, you know, you and I talked about pitch or dream movie. It's like, all right, now think about this. Jason, ah, I like it, I like it, okay, I like where this is going, okay, now think about this, space, I like it, I like it, I like where this is going, now think about this, Jason in outer space, oh, wow, that is the greatest thing, it's gonna make a billion dollars, and, you know, <laughs> it just, it, it is so... Like, it tries so hard to be taken seriously as a horror film that's mixing genres here. Because it's mixing outer space and horror, you know, to try to create some new sort of hybrid. And it fails so miserably. And the only thing you can say is, aww, they tried. And it's terrible. (laughs) And I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that it's so bad that it's good. It's that it's so bad that it gives you a good time ripping apart just how bad it is. Yep, and they try to be self-referential in Jason X, like kind of make fun of like Jason kills and everything, <laughs> which comes off just bad. So it's like it's trying to riff on itself, and it does it by riffing really bad on itself. And it's hilarious. Isn't, it's there, hilarious. isn't there a line where a girl's like, it's Jason Voorhees and he's in outer space. And I'm like, you know, we get that you're in outer space. And we also understand just by reading the title that it's about yeah. Jason. I mean, I feel at that point that you're kind of insulting me with that line. But I'm going to let you pass with that insult because this is so terrible that I really should not shit on you at all. Because I feel that's going to destroy your self-esteem. <laughs> I agree. I brought this up with the Slashers was last week. That's the one that solidifies how dumb Jason is. Because he literally fights, holo- like, kills holograms in this one. And then he's like, oh, he's just a mindless idiot who just goes down the hallways we tell him to. Uh, they have, like, no, that, that one is just, it's so bad. Uh, they made, it's so dumb. All of it's so dumb. It's all so dumb. Why space? Why take the space so the government can run experiments? I don't. This, 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 that Jason X is fucking stupid. I love it. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's so stupid. Uh, I did Freddy versus Jason. We're kind of the same thing because I did see Freddy versus Jason in theater, so I can remember this. Nice. And I can say the audience was just tracking it along in a good way, not like in a bad way. But we people were just having fun, hoopling, hollering, talking at the screen. It was actually a really good time uh, watching Freddy versus Jason. Uh, it's one of those that swings for the fences again, does insane things, and whether it hits or not is up to you. I'm going to say most of the time it's just funny, uh, but it's a good time. It has some good kills. It has some good laughs. It's a good time with popcorn. Right? Hey, <laughs> it's a man. sexy movie. So, yeah, you get to see both slashers try to go on their own and see who's the best slasher and then fight each other. What else could you ask for in a popcorn sexy movie? I, I think that I think that really what we need to, to remember here, uh, you know, is the fact that it all comes down to a couple of things. Um, popcorn makes every fucking thing better, okay? Yep. And, dude, you're like the popcorn connoisseur of popcorn connoisseur, so... Like I, I, I don't, popcorn right before this podcast. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I've been eating tackies throughout the podcast. My apologies, but I just felt like on a movie bender today. Um, so it's one of those things where like you got popcorn, you got the right company, man. The worst crap can actually be the most entertaining, and I think that's what people really need to think about. 
when looking at at what makes a movie sort of popcorn sexy mm. and i mean look if it leads to sexy time with your significant other then amazing because yep. why not you know <laughs> at least you're just having some good food amazing too or you know a combination of you know all three things a laugh sexy time and some good popcorn yeah, you know, that's what makes it popcorn sexy. That is 100% popcorn sexy definition, babies. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we went through some of our favorite popcorn sexies. These are ones to have fun with. But as we get in closer to Halloween for our next podcast, we're going to actually give you the best scary movies to watch. The very so best. As you get up to, like, you know, you get up to that really Halloween, you know you want to be scared. So next week, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get you some good ones to watch. Have fun this week. Watch, <laughs> get prepped. That's a good popcorn, sexy time. Go with your friends. But next week, get prepared to be scared. Exactly. Mundo. Uh, so thank you everyone for joining Damn. again with us on Cinemagic Podcast. We really enjoy this month of going over all the scary things. Thank you for doing it with us as well. Don't forget to like, uh, comment, subscribe wherever you're uh, listening to podcasts. Tell all your friends come in. Tell us the suggestions on Instagram, the ones at Triscaling Productions, the ones that you like, the ones that you didn't like. Let us know. We're happy to hear about all of it. Um, Rick, what else do you got for the people? Actually, what I do have to say is, you know, we've actually, we started doing this podcast in February. It is now October. We've been doing it for eight months. And, uh, you know, we've been slowly, obviously, building our following. So I'm very grateful to everyone that's, um, you know, followed us or, you know, listened to us at some point or another. And also, this is our 36th podcast. Last week, um, no, this is our 37th, sorry. This is our 37th podcast. We're closing in on a very special 40. So we're going to be doing that. And, um, you know, we are very much eager to starting our second year with the Cinemagic podcast because we enjoy it. And, mm -hmm. you know, the one thing that, that I like to, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little off track here, but I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. You know, we enjoy uh, doing this with each other and we enjoy doing yep. this for you. So we hope that that continues to come across for all of you listening. I agree. And uh, Amy, who was our guest last week, she loved, she loved it last week, wants to come back again. No. So uh, we're, we're enjoying that too. And I hope That's you right. enjoy it too. Everybody seemed to really like it. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll hope to do some more fun stuff in the future. If you have suggestions, come and hit us up on Instagram at Triskelion Productions. Tell us some things you want to hear and see. We're happy to we're happy to probably make fun of you on screen about it and never do it. Uh, but... <laughs> and, and, joking, we listen. And if you're a troll, again, we appreciate the fact that you are a follower and a listener and are intently paying attention to everything we do we appreciate what are you talking that. about rick this is troll month it's scary month it's oh, troll month so right. more trolls out there we appreciate your trolls this is all in celebration of you that's right, right. It is a celebration of love. and just keep that jar of condoms alive everybody <laughs> <laughs> so go out there watch some of these these uh popcorn sexy movies wait for our very very scary movies next week where we go over the best Halloween, Halloween horror movies to it's watch uh, <laughs> so we'll see you next time on Cinemagic see you next time on Cinemagic <laughs>